0: Coffee Metal Podcast, episode
1: 118.
0: Greetings and welcome to the Commerce Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you're gonna have a fantastic week. Um, if you can't tell, uh my throat's pretty cast right now. Um long story short, I th- think I'm losing my voice at the moment. So there's not going to be much of a preamble before the guest today. So, uh, lucky day for you, I guess. I don't know. Um, I do want to make a quick mention that I originally planned to have a short Q&A with writer Mark Ostack about his Kickstarter, The Relentless Adventure. It's a really fun looking Kickstarter, but, you know, I I just, things got away from me and I wasn't able to uh, get him the questions in time to where I would be able to post this. So my apologies to Mark. Um, but... It's all still pretty good because I'm speaking to his uh, co-writer today, Jordan Alseca. Uh, They co-wrote The Relentless Adventure together, and it's a really, really fun-looking Kickstarter. We talk about it a whole bunch in the episode, so it's still definitely covered. But as a posting, there's less than probably 48 hours or so before uh, it ends. So please go check out the show link below, check out the Kickstarter, then come back. Listen to the episode because uh it, it's very 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 close to being funded and it's a really good looking book, really fun looking book, and uh it definitely deserves to be funded. So I'm gonna stop now because I can just feel my voice ready just to die. So um please enjoy this interview with uh Alseka. He's so much fun to talk to, really awesome dude, and uh apologies again to Mark for not getting my stuff together to him on time, but For sure, Mark will be a full-on guest uh, sometime soon, so uh, we will have plenty of uh, him on the show before we know it. All right, I'm done. Check out the Kickstarter, check out this interview, and I'll see you around. Alright, it is now time for my guest. Uh, Today I have a very talented writer on board. Someone who I've uh, kind of known on Twitter for a bit, I want to say, but we haven't really uh, kind of formally met i don't i don't know how those things i don't know how to describe these things on social media where you kind of just you're in the same circles you follow each i guess the mutuals thing i don't know we'll figure it out but (laughs) regardless i am more than pleased to welcome to the show jordan alceica jordan welcome aboard
1: thank you for having me and you know it's the same it comics is weird in general social media is weird and it's like i've worked with people for the better part of a decade and never met them in person have barely spoken to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) on like a voice line so it's just a weird industry but but no i mean it's the same there are so many people where i think of very very good friends i would say and then i'm like have we ever held like a a a long conversation by just like always cheering them on so so i get it
0: yeah yeah it's it's definitely that weird uh like is it friends like i've kind of had to like you know, mentally, like compartmentalize, like friends, acquaintances, uh, professional acquaintances. You know, just so, and also just based on like how how much I want to like, kind of like how, how comfortable I am saying certain things to certain people. <laughs> um, I, and you know, I, I'm, but I'm I'm super glad to have you on the show. You have a really awesome looking book called Cooking with Monsters coming out. You have a really awesome Kickstarter called The Relentless Adventure. Uh, that's happening right now. And as of the show posting, we'll have a, only have a couple days left to fund. Um, and if everything goes right, meaning I get the questions to him in time, your co-writer on that project, The Relentless Adventure, uh, we'll have a little Q&A at the beginning of this episode uh, with him. So we'll see about that. I have to get my ass in gear. That's all on me. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jordan, uh, I'm super pumped to have you on the show. Because uh, speaking of like acquaintances, like you know, full disclosure originally on this episode was supposed to be our mutual bud shadia amin and Ah. she was supposed to be back on you know uh you know she's a she's a bud so i'm like oh yeah you know let's let's have her back on and she's like sure and then like uh however (laughs) uh, whenever i contacted you she's like actually you know what my buddy jordan he's got this really awesome book coming out he can have my slot
1: i I, i gotta thank her for i'm literally tomorrow Uh, i'm driving down to rose city comic-con and we'll be seeing her so i'm gonna thank her personally for that
0: (laughs) so i'm like i'm like sure you know that that's fine um you know Shadi was already on once so you know it's i'm I'm more than happy to get a new person on and you know i'll definitely get her back anyway um so you know and all that but yeah i'm glad she kind of like she's kind of like oh hey you know forcing forcing uh this conversation (laughs) uh but no uh seriously though um you know again i've we've, we've been, i've been aware of you on twitter and all that again we were mutual follows and stuff like that and all that so i'm i'm glad to uh uh expand you know beyond whatever i guess uh, friendly or professional uh relationship there is <laughs> with that so
1: no, I mean same. I've I've had a really I mean just in general, I've done a few podcasts over the years. I used to do a podcast myself, so I like I I missed being on on the end you're on where you just get mm-hmm. to talk to a bunch of interesting people and make new connections. So getting to finally have a book to promote and <laughs> and talking to people again, it's just been a lot of fun. And so I'm yeah. I'm always grateful to to take the time and and really even more than the promotion just get to know someone else in comics cuz it's it's so isolating, and especially mm-hmm. especially with Twitter dying actively, it's uh, it's a bummer. Wondering oh, yeah. where am I going to see everyone again? Man, I am.
0: You know, it, it is really is. It's a big bummer. I'm also kind of half relieved. Twitter was just getting so what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and I it, and I don't know if this. Is, I don't know if it's actually going to be uh, come to fruition, but the whole everyone's going to have to pay. That, that's, uh, de- that is definitely going to be the door closing for myself, and I'm sure
1: thousands and upon thousands yeah, of others. I, I think the mass exodus is uh, inevitable, if, if that really comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's weird, because if that... like, I, I remember, I think it was... Five, eight, six, who knows? Time still is kind of meaningless. Um, Mm -hmm. But I remember there was where where all of Twitter seemed to be breaking and everyone was like, all right, this is it. The ship's going down. Um, And it's continued to chug along. But, yeah, that feels like that's that's the point of no return. I I cannot. There's no world in which I'm like, all right, let me put my debit card information Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. Elon Musk's hands.
0: It's been like that for almost a year. Every three weeks for almost a year, it's been, all right, this is it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And each time it's like, no, we're a little bit closer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was once a time where I would have, I would have happily paid, you know, some small fee for something like Twitter. If it meant, you know, certain, like I didn't get ads and I could post longer videos and I could post, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, before Elon took over, and they, the Twitter blue thing first rolled out. I don't know if that was when he took over or, uh, no, I think it was but right before he took over. Um, yeah. and it was like three bucks or something. I tried the Twitter blue thing. Cause I'm like, Oh, edit button. I can post longer videos or whatever. You know, maybe it'd be helpful for month, the podcast and all that. And it was fine. But like after a month of it, I'm like, I, to, uh, yeah, it's, there's it <laughs> not enough. There's not enough. Uh, you know, I'm still getting, you know, countless ads and stuff. Obviously it's been far worse since uh the muskining. But you know, it's Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, now we're all over on Blue Sky and Blue Sky is great. Uh but it's definitely
1: more social. Yeah. It's it's more
0: social than promotional. Which is fine. I'm fine with that. Um but then, you know, my my other options are like, okay, I could try to like dig into Instagram, but like, God, that's so exhausting just thinking about trying to do the things you gotta do to like build that up it's always funny to me whenever I, I post a reel or something and it's like, Oh, this reel uh, hit this many people. I'm like, that's not even the same amount of people who follow me. Can you at least lie to me and start there <laughs> with the amount of people are in my follows and then, you know, make up some sort of number over that to make me feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, when you try and I've tried, I've been trying to do a little more of Instagram and spending more time messing with blue sky. And even though it's something as close as blue sky, it's like, you yeah. realize just how nuanced the different ways you have to interact with certain uh, social mm-hmm. media sites are and coming in late on some of them. It's like, you don't even know when it like, I don't even know when Instagram was good. I'm just here in the reels no. video, driven <laughs> nightmare version <laughs> of it, but that is still yeah. kind of useful. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's yeah. It's, who knows. it's
0: it is, it is, it is so rough because, you know, I don't mind the video making aspect of things. I like making little videos and stuff like that. You know, for a while I was trying to like do stuff on YouTube or whatever, but it's just so time consuming. Yeah. That, you know, and my free time is such that my free time is when I have to make the comics like the the podcast, as much as I love doing it and a much, as much as I can like point out the amount of connections I've made and how I probably feel like it's helped, you know, my own personal stuff get out more. It is a hobby, you know, it is Mm -hmm. something that, you know, I, I don't expect, you know, um, to make into a hustle. you You know, granted, I want people to listen and I want, you know, I'm always trying to figure out new ways to get more people to listen because I want my guests to have more exposure and all that. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there's that and then there's the actual making of comics and then everything else around it is like, you are... 6th or seventh priority right now. <laughs> so I'm 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 hoping once my um once my uh, my youngest is in full-time school uh in the next year or so that and I have like a kind of like a solid work day then maybe I'll probably will pivot more to video stuff with podcast things and, and stuff like that cuz that seems to be where they where they go where where everything where they want everything for every algorithm is videos and stuff so Anyway, this is a very long <laughs> intro um, <laughs> because you know I definitely want to talk to you about your upcoming book, Cooking with Monsters, and obviously the crossover with Marco Stack, the uh, Relentless Adventure Kickstarter that's you know uh, ending very 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 soon as a posting. But you know, Jordan, rules of the show, I got to ask you, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now?
1: All right, well, I am. I'm going to be. I'm one of three because I'm not big on coffee <laughs> or. Uh, metal, but I, I have replacements. But comics, comics okay. is easy. Um, I'm I'm having a lot of fun. The biggest thing I've been reading. I'm getting pulled more and more back into something I thought, I hoped I was I was done with is is monthly. Like I I, mm-hmm. I switched to trade waiting right right around when I graduated college. I was going to the I was able to get to the comic shop a lot less. And I, I in my head I was like, all right, I'm going to read trades and it'll be fine. Uh, and I got used to that for a long time, but now now that we are in a place where I have a comic shop again, especially in the past couple of years, I've gone in and I've gotten a few more books and, you know, it's it, like when you go in and you're in the comic shop a lot again, it's very easy to see all of the, the pretty new books and yeah, just be like, yeah. ah, I can try the first issue. Um, but the big thing that really pulled me back is I'm a big Star Trek fan. Um, so when IDW launched their, uh, new ongoing, I think late last year, um, or was it either that or the beginning of this year, uh, which was crossing over characters from a bunch of the different, uh, 90s series, it really pulled me in. And I started reading that, the spinoff, uh, it has its first like event crossover day of blood that's wrapping up right now. And it's just been fun. It's, you know, it reminds me of that feeling of like early MCU or other like early crossovers before it got exhausting. And it was like, you had to watch Mm -hmm. every single Mm -hmm. thing like Star Trek never really had that. They had crossovers, but they were always very minor, but but getting to see like Voyager characters and uh, TNG characters and uh, mainly uh, deep space nine characters, all kind of interacting and, and exploring, you know, it's that fun side where it's like, Oh, it's just fun seeing these characters interact and tell a single story together. Um mm-hmm. the question for anything like that is, is it sustainable long term? Is it still gonna be fun two, three, four years in? Um I don't know, but but it's fun right now. I'm I'm really enjoying those books. Um and then from that, I've just every every again, it's like every couple of weeks I'll see another book and I'm like, uh, maybe I check that out. And uh recently it was the one-two punch of the the new DC books with dawn of DC. I picked up both Birds of Prey, number one, and Fire and Ice, number one. Um, and it just feels like a coordinated... I want to check out Wonder Woman. I, I would like to check out the new Green Arrow. And I'm like, I'm going to get pulled back into to reading monthly books. And it's uh, it's a good thing. Like I've always wanted a monthly book. I miss it. I miss being a college kid who had really <laughs> easy access to a comic shop and a lot less financial responsibility about how I was spending my money every week. Um, so I miss those days where I could get a stack and just spend a couple hours enjoying them. Um, and I'm getting pulled more towards that, but those are kind of the books that have been, been doing that to me. They've been pulling me back in.
0: That's interesting to hear. I've been like, whenever I stop at the comic shop, uh, just to pick up a book or something or, or whatever, um, I'm always feeling like, man, I should get monthlies again. And then I remember like, I have no space put any paper monthlies like i'm trying to get rid of like 10 years of like fairly modern (laughs) monthly (laughs) comics just because i don't have space for them and i don't have space for a lot more trades and i'm like oh god you know i still want to like read and that's what pisses pisses me off so much about the demise of Xology. Mm. and like it was so easy for me to just like lay in bed like you know what? I want to check out this series, and I, you know, I can just go buy the first few issues easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just read them. <laughs> now it's like I gotta, you know, uh, go to a, you know go to under a bridge and answer to the you know the trolls riddles three, and like you know make sure I synced up to my other device. It's come on Amazon, you just shit all over this, and uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's... it's 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 really annoying, which you know you know p- puts me off a lot, and then. Uh, but yeah, i am fortunate enough to like get enough pdfs from people and uh you know buy, you me know, or buying directly from the person the pdfs or kickstarers and stuff to where yeah i definitely have more than enough i could ever possibly read i'm constantly saying on the show how much how behind i am which is something i'm I actually really am trying to focus on catching up on things because um uh the uh, lovely people at uh graphics sent me uh a Five or six books, and I got you know I read one of them, Eight Limbs, which is an amazing book, and there's like a bunch more of the ones I'm like I, I got to get through these things. I have to, I have to check these out because I'm so stuck in creation mode that I need to get some consuming in mm-hmm. comics, you know. And it's really easy. It's you know how it is. You know oh, when you're making yeah. them, it's so easy to not to not to not to read them. And it's really interesting hearing you talk about the Star Trek stuff because I'm kind of uh you know reigniting my star trek love again uh with uh i had a good deal on getting paramount plus (laughs) for like a year (laughs) so i just i just plowed through uh the first and third seasons of picard um i tried the second season it was fine but i was i was too anxious to get to the third season with the rest of the next generation crew so I just asked around, like, do I need to watch this? second? Everyone's like, no, you don't need to watch. This. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get back to it. You know, I know it's not, it's, a, it's pretty maligned, but I, it's, I was fine with yeah. it. It's just not that I, I still want to deal with that type of story for that many episodes.
1: No, I'm it's, like, it's serviceable. It's like, yeah, it, Picard's nice. Cause it is, cause it is very yeah. modular. Um, It obviously yeah. builds on itself a little, but it's, it's pretty, yeah. it's three distinct stories.
0: Mm-hmm yeah and then of course obviously lower decks which is like become rapidly become one of like my favorite trek things ever um and so there's that and then i started strange new worlds i'm enjoying it i just have to get back to it and then uh but I'm like i was thinking like man i know like you know i know people who are making these star trek comics <laughs> you know i have done <laughs> stuff like i should start reading some of these things so um hearing you talk about that uh, this this uh, this crossover. I'm like maybe maybe I need to start picking up some trades or something like that and, and getting back into that because I never. You know I, I'm still you know I'm old enough to know that you know back in the 90s when like Star Trek and all that had comics, they we weren't really good, <laughs> <laughs> and like li- like license stuff wasn't really all that great. Uh, not to poo-poo on anyone's memories of that stuff, but I just remember whenever I tried it. Like, I remember the Star Trek X Men crossover, and that was just s- so weird. <laughs> I remember distinctly seeing uh, uh, Spock give Wolverine the Vulcan neck pinch and knocking him out, <laughs> and just being like, and just and just feeling nothing—like not even like anger that my favorite character got nerfed by Spock. And it's <laughs> like I'm just—I just felt nothing. I'm like, I don't think this is for me. So. <laughs> Fair. I'll have to give him another shot. I'll have to give him another shot. So. No, it's... No one's a shot, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun if if you've been enjoying what they're doing on Paramount Plus, which I have as well. Like, it's it's been a great couple of years between lower decks. I, I love Strange New Worlds. Um, and I'll say, if you love lower decks, like, one of my favorite parts of the new... Uh, the comics is that they they even have a crossover with that like shax is a bridge member on one of the the two books oh really yeah okay. and so it's it's just got a lot of love. you can see that there's it's not just surface level it's people that have a lot of love for the franchise both old and new because I feel like with a project like this um you could get very nostalgia blind but it it manages mm-hmm. to do just a lot of interesting storytelling uh, which is. What you want from any franchise that, that's still around after like 60 years. You want it to, to, to surprise you or you hope you mm-hmm. hope it can surprise you and be fun and new.
0: 100%. Awesome. Well, you mentioned you're not a, a coffee or a metal person, but you have some stuff to replace it. So um, you know, pick be- beverage or tunes. You know, what's uh, what's uh, been uh, happening over at the, uh, the La Casa? <laughs>
1: Uh, so, so as far as beverages, like the biggest thing for me is, I've always been really big into soda, um, and I've always mm-hmm. really been big into Mountain Dew, uh, which was was like my favorite Mountain Dew is Mountain Dew Voltage. It's my favorite soda, and it was from <laughs> a. For anyone who doesn't, know, I don't know why you would even remember this, other than it was a thing that happened. Uh, but Voltage was invented. They had like an, an event called Dewocracy. And they introduced three new flavors, and people could vote on their favorite. And Voltage is the one that won. And that's just sort of Mountain Dew's vibe, is they love to do weird things and put weird flavors out into the world. Um, And it is one of my goals. Like Anytime, if I'm at the store and I see a new flavor, it does not matter how disgusting it sounds. I will try (laughs) it. And that has has bitten me many times. Um, But currently... They one of their promotions is every year they have a a flavor called Voodoo for Halloween, and mm-hmm. it is a mystery flavor every year. Um, oh, and so I just drank that. Uh, I've been drinking it. The, the problem with a lot of the Mountain Dews is you, you kind of when it's just fruit, you're you'll, mm-hmm. you'll get a fruit taste, but it can be very hard to place. And that is where this one, this drink is at. Where I'm like, it's sure sweet. And it is, I think, fruity, but I have no idea what flavor it is. Um, but you know what? It's good enough. I don't mind that I have 12 cans of it to drink. <laughs> um, if, if you followed, they've done some really weird things over the years. There has been... You can go to KFC and get a Sweet Tea Mountain Dew, uh, which is not good. Uh, oh. There are... Very famously, they, they focus tested, but never released, a uh, Doritos-flavored Mountain Dew. Called duitos, which sounds like oh, a boy. bit, but is a real thing that they did focus test I, on college I, campuses.
0: Thousand percent believe
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's like the the big thing for me. I'm not I'm not a big drinker. I don't drink coffee. I really like tea a lot. Um, but I'm I'm very basic. I drink like a jade mint citrus and, and uh, hot tea, and really enjoy that. I'm Southern, so I love sweet tea. But mm-hmm. I live in the Pacific Northwest, so it is very hard to find good sweet tea uh, in this region. But
0: so uh, Arizona sweet tea doesn't do it for you? <laughs>
1: no, I, you know, I like it okay. Um, I, there is a brand that's pretty good that, I, that we'll drink on occasion, but it's like, if you're not from the South or certain regions in the area, it's like, any restaurant you go to, they will have a sweet tea option, and it will be ungodly sweet. Uh, like, like yeah. it is... It is a very regional thing that once we started moving, because we again, we I, I lived in North Carolina until I was twenty six, and then we we moved across the country a few times, and it's just you realize how much you miss something when it's gone. Uh, and sweet tea has <laughs> has been a big thing, um, but soda's always there. Soda's every you know grocery store, and I just love Mountain Dew for doing weird stuff, even when it's terrible. When it's like fruitcake Mountain Dew or, um, (laughs) 50, the, the 50, I forget what it was called. It was 50 flavors for like the United States of America. And it, it, it tasted like, you know, the runoff that you would expect from a factory. (laughs) Um, but I, I like, it's, it's kind of the same reason I like, um, Oh, what is it? Like when, when Taco Bell does a weird abomination of like snack Mm -hmm. food, um, it's just fun to see, or Oreo. Oreo loves to make weird creams to put in between the cookies. Uh, that's just the sort of stuff that like attracts me because I it'll be terrible half the time, but I, I have to know. The curiosity pulls me in.
0: Yeah, I see. I'm 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 41, so I you know <laughs> my my, my uh, like experience with Mountain Dew is when I never liked Mountain Dew. Sorry. But That's when fair. Mountain Dew, when Mountain Dew Code Red came along, like that was like the first like big like variant, I think, yeah. of Mountain Dew that really took off. And I was like, I was down with that for a while. I'll, I'll give it that. But um, just seeing how crazy they get, you know, I'm never tempted to try them because I just know I'm not going to enjoy it. But. I kind of, I, I feel simpatico with you about it because I kind of feel that way about Doritos lately. Mm. Like I'm seeing all these different, not anything different, just potato chips in general, because they're really starting to get kind of nuts with like the different flavors widely available for, uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Like I had a, uh, what was it? Mustard Doritos. Mm. And I will tell you that I, I don't know what possessed me to buy them they do not sound good at all they were <laughs> fucking good like and here's the thing i'm eating them i'm like i don't think these taste very good but i kept eating them and i just kept eating it and i'm like i'm like i don't know what it is um and it's just like it's, it's just crazy so i i fully i i'm with you there just you you got to you got to answer the question right
1: yeah it's the thrill of the hunt like because even if even if 99 variants are are terrible sometimes you will strike gold and then you you set yourself up for heartbreak because you're eating something they're going to make for like two three months and then it will be discontinued yeah um but it's like it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's the mystery and it's just fun when when it does hit it hits so so strong
0: yeah it's 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 kind of crazy and I am I am definitely a soda person myself like I my you know first love of caffeine was soda you know I'm still yeah. all about the soda I just got to be cooler with it as you know as you get older <laughs> Absolutely. but um so no I, I I appreciate the the uh the uh you know the the, the preference or it's just it's just the love of soda because you know sometimes there's just nothing like just cracking open a cold soda and just like getting that you know the tingly burn down your throat <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and it's yeah you know I, I get it i get it i'm with you uh so cool well hopefully uh mountain Dew comes out with uh something new that'll the that'll uh
1: <laughs> almost certainly <laughs> make, um... make
0: make make these uh make these uh trial and errors for you worthwhile
1: they, I mean, you know, sometimes they start a new flavor and it's really popular. And I mean, it's great. It's great for their business. Half the time, I'm always like, this is like the worst flavor they've put out in six, in like, in years. Um, but it's popular. So you never know.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, you said you're not a metal guy, but what's, what's, the, uh, what's the music that gets, you, that gets you pumped for the day?
1: You know, I am. I was always very eclectic in in high school, and that's really kind of continued into my thirties. Uh, I guess is what I'm in now. Um, and uh, I was big into ska, which uh, was a weird pick for being high school in the mid 2000s. This is pretty well after like the 90s rush. All those bands were still around and still making new albums, and I was I was one of the people discovering them at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And I still. I still love, love a lot of Ska. I was really big into They Might Be Giants. Uh, still, I Again, I, I could not tell you what was popular in the 2000s, outside of, like, Linkin Park, which I was pretty big into. Um, but I listened to a lot of stuff from, like, the 90s and 80s, but not, like, the popular stuff from the 90s and 80s, <laughs> like Ska and college rock stuff. Um, and so today, I still listen to a lot of those same bands, um, but I'm a little more pop-conscious. Like, I... Um I'm a big fan of Florence and the Machine, um Carly mm-hmm. Rae Jepsen. I, I like really high energy um all bangers type of playlists just because no, it, that's that's what gets me, you know, going. I like to I like to match. I'm not huge on writing to music just because I I tend to mostly uh work in silence and like focus, but sometimes it it does help like if I'm going to write a high-action scene, I, I like to listen to a lot of anime themes or a lot of high-energy uh, pop. Or if I'm writing something a bit more subdued, I will I will find music uh, similarly. I mean, I think that's a lot of people, right? You want to match your mood to what you're trying to work on. Because yeah, yeah. It's tough pulling the emotions, especially when you're doing dramatic stuff. Because it, for me, it's a lot of... I, I write not based on my life, but certainly... Um, a thing I realized is I was pulling a lot of story ideas from my life experiences of the past few years. And even in very wildly different form- forms, I'm like, oh, here's all these themes I've been working on. Um, and so I like the music to match up to that. I think it uh, it's just nice to have that. We put, actually, for one of my indie books, music is a big deal for the characters. So uh, we, when we made our merch for it was pins that were mixtapes. And we made a playlist for each character, Um, which was mostly a lot of my books have playlists. They are mostly thanks to my collaborators, because I like if I make a playlist, (laughs) it's going to be like the same six bands. (laughs) It's like the (laughs) things I listen to. Um, But I'm always trying. I'm like, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to find more music. I will uh, I I, because I like music. I'm just it's it's Mm -hmm. not the first thing. Like I'm really big into video games, I'm really big into to comics, obviously, but music isn't... I'll always listen to it in the car, and I'll listen to it when I'm working out, but it's I, I tend to just work quietly, so it, it, it's something I, I try to... Ha- I have to actively seek out new music, or else I just, again, listen to the same six bands.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I found myself very much in that way, and then doing the podcast where I try to recommend music and stuff like that, that's really forced me to myself to go and every Friday go to the new releases on iTunes and, and you know, find out you know what looks interesting what looks uh you know with, with and with metal you know being primarily a metalhead even though I have a fairly wide net of music of, of music I enjoy uh, you know judging by the cover what music to pick to try out is getting more and more difficult with metal because mm. <laughs> there's so there's so like used to be like like okay, I, I see this type of album artwork. I this band's gonna be. Now it's I have no idea. Like you can see something like incredibly like nasty, brutal looking artwork, and you open it up, and it's just like not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you pick something that looks like a sleek, like kind of almost uh, super well designed thing, and you and it's like some of the like most brutal, guttural death metal you've heard, and it's just like all right you know i I can't i can't judge these books by their covers anymore (laughs) i guess but yeah Yeah. seeking something out is 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 something that's uh been incredibly beneficial for me so but i also totally get where you're coming from where it's like if you prefer to work in silence and you're working a lot you know music just has not become that uh that much of a focal point in what you're what you're doing or or what, what what you can uh uh you know, put as a priority to like figure out or have on and stuff like that. So I get it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I'm just weird with music. Like I, mm-hmm. I love it. I listen cause I'm not, I'm not like some of those. I don't like music. Cause I think that's insane, but I do, I do have a hard, just a harder time thinking of it actively. But I, I listen to a lot of stuff. Like I have a Spotify again. It is always like the same six bands when the year end roundup comes out. But I also spend a lot of time on YouTube, and I will let the... the that's the one thing on the algorithm, because I'm generally pretty much like, I have my subscriptions, and I will just go to my subscription page and actually watch what they put out. But mm-hmm. when I'm listening to music, I will let the algorithm suggest things. I will try to let it try and you know, give me new tastes. And then I'm also just really... I'm still big on physical media generally, so, like, I buy new CDs. I, we have a record store near us, and I like physically owning you know, the albums. And it's harder now because I had to finally buy a new laptop that doesn't have a disk drive. And I'm still, (laughs) like, desperately clinging to my, I think, almost five years old smartphone because it still has the headphone jack. And (laughs) phones just don't have that anymore. Um, No, they don't. So it's, it's tough. Like, again, the ways I like to listen to music have just gotten trickier because I have just... I think earbud technology has gotten better but i i have weird ears and i've always had a hard time with like earbuds falling out so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like i and i know they have nice wireless it's it's one of those things right once you get to your 30s you start getting a little curmudgeonly about the way oh, you yeah. like things and so I'm like i like i like to plug my headphone jack in i like <laughs> to listen to my physical cds um and it's it's just it's 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 a bummer seeing that like you get it, right? Cause when I was early twenties, I was like, it's the way of the future and this is how things are going. And now I'm like, no, bring it back. <laughs> um, no,
0: I, 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 I totally get it. And I was definitely one of those people who were like, I wanted to adopt to the Bluetooth thing, but man, they were so cumbersome. And the majority of my earbud usage is, for music is at the gym. Um, Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily have weird ears, but I am definitely a sweaty person. So it's like, yeah. no matter what secure tip thingy I have, it's always like adjusting in and out, you know, and, you know, wiping it, you know, wiping it down to make sure it doesn't slip out and all that. It's, it's, it's really annoying. Yeah. And I'm like starting, you know, especially now that my, uh, my workouts have shifted you know, less from like all running some weight training to more weight training, less running. I'm like starting to getting, I'm starting to understand why so many of these guys who are lifting weights all the time just have like the big cup headphones on just because Mm -hmm. they don't fall off. Yeah. (laughs) They stay, they stay put, they stay where they are. Um, so I'm, I won't be that guy just because it just sounds extra gross with how much I sweat, but I get it. I totally get it. And, um, you know, the, the picking the CD, You know, it's a lot like why I think people enjoy vinyl. It's like you're making a decision to listen to this thing. It becomes much more of a, uh, you know, just it's just more of a decision. Like you're like, I want to listen to X. Boom. As opposed to like, yeah, I could go on my phone, pop in my earbuds, and say, all right, you know, I'm going to listen to this Metallica album. It's not the same.
1: Yeah, there's an experience. There's a quality of the experience to it. It's something that like. I, I, I certainly I have a lot of digital stuff. Like in gaming I switched to once once it became once console prices became like closer to Steam and you could actually get discounts. I spent a lot of the past decade buying a lot more games digitally. And and when, when I had an iPod when iPod when there was a dedicated just music box that I could own, mm-hmm. I, I loved having that too. So I'm not like anti digital, but I think it's the same problem with like streaming where when you have this inf and it's not infinite, but when you have hundreds of choices that are just put before you, it's so yeah. much harder to start. And it's so much harder to like, to feel that it's a special moment. Like I, I miss blockbuster just because there was not because I-, I want to necessarily go to a store to get one movie, but because there was, it, it felt impactful. It felt like, Oh, this is my, mm-hmm. this is my Friday night or this is my weekend. Um, and it's just, it's lost nowadays. Uh,
0: no yeah my my wife heard the same way especially especially with movies because now it's like you know we have like a standing saturday night movie night and it's it's unless there's something directly we know we want to watch it becomes like 15 minutes of like what's new on netflix what's new on prime what's new on this and you're scrolling and scrolling it's just like you know and we used to like go to the video store every Friday and like we would pick out three or four movies. Cause you had, that's what you had to pick from and That's what you could choose. And yeah, it the, the option paralysis with everything is just ridiculous. And I, I appreciate having more available to me, but I also am like just kind of wishing I had some more restrictions. <laughs>
1: myself yeah. I, help. there, there's this weird thing now where when we, when we, we haven't really gone on a proper vacation in ages, but like when we visit home, and we go and we stay with my fiance's parents. I mean, they they have a lot of the same things, but mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, I'm going to very specifically here's the the small stack of books I'm going to bring, or like here are the few mm-hmm. games I'm going to take for the Switch. It just it heighten it. It's weird, and I might not even spend that much time doing it because we're obviously there to see family, but it just it makes it feel special in a way that when I'm sitting in my office and I can look over and go, Oh, there's hundreds of books probably, or, you know, there's, there's all of Netflix. It's just, it doesn't hit the same.
0: No one. Yeah. A thousand percent, you know, and I'm, I'm not much of a gaming person. Like the most I have is like shredders revenge on steam. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's, that's the, that's the one thing I'm like, I, I, Excited to play and whatever like emulators and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I have and I did get one of those little retro handhelds not too long ago. Oh, it's nice. like the little um, it's one that looks like a, it looks like a Game Boy.
1: But yeah, it's like, it the, the, like the super nice screen and.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for those playing at home, it's the Ambernick RG35XX, and it's it's fun. It's nice, um but you know. As as cool as it is, like my son, you know, it's basically my son's Sonic machine at this point. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like okay, you know, I like having the, that option. But even then, with that, I'm like, I know I can just go and pull whatever you know emulated ROM for whatever game, yeah. I can get so it kind of feels like again it, 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 that starts to creep back in with like I could pick anything. So yeah, And yeah, it's I just. just...
1: Less choice is good sometimes. Like it, it yeah. I, I miss I miss it. I miss it's weird to say. Because, I mean streaming's basically becoming cable now. The more and more subscriptions oh, there but like I miss percent. I miss cable. I miss when it'd be like, "Oh, I'll just catch Oh, Rush Hour is like 30 minutes in, but it's all that's on." So I guess I'm going to watch like the last hour and a half of Rush Hour on yeah. cable.
0: Like there there's definitely those movies where like, "I will never put this on, but if it's on, I'll watch it." Mm-hmm. Like and I think that that's just gone away you know as and yeah th- no one is more frustrated than about the streaming service thing becoming the essentially cable 2.0 than my wife because she's just like just fucking cancel them all like there's there's nothing here like yeah <laughs> why are we paying for this
1: it's it's, it's like, yeah um, it's like,
0: because there's nothing else that's why we're paying for them. <laughs> but it's like oh god <laughs> yeah yeah
1: um, but I don't know. I, I my hope is always that things will, well, again, we have the writer's strike going on right now. And, and like, also there's the fact that streaming is like ruining lives in terms of how they pay people. Yeah. So hopefully that can all get fixed too. But you know, I see something like, that's actually why I like Paramount plus so much. They actually put all of their shows on disc. It's like a full year later, but they're actually making it. So if you don't want to subscribe to Paramount plus, you still have the option of how to like watch their stuff. Mm-hmm in a legal way. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I miss the old days again. I'm in my thirties. That's just, I guess the default state is you start just missing the way it used to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 you know, more so me than you, but you know, we're the old men yelling at the cloud. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I guess the literal digital cloud at this point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, you know, well, there is something I've, I've noticed and I'm seeing a lot of like series being announced. Like, oh, like there was a series that my wife was really into, but, uh, we didn't have the channel and the streaming service was, it was on, it was a shutter series mm. when it was, when it went to streaming and we don't have that. And you know, we don't want to pay for that. So, but now it's, it got licensed out to, I think Paramount for uh, for like a couple months and i'm i'm feeling like i've I've seen that happen to a few other series i feel like that's going to happen more and more like all these everyone's like we have all our exclusives i have a feeling some of these exclusives are starting to be less exclusive and like you know cross pollinating between services because they're realizing that not every not everyone wants to pay for every single service and not every and not a single service fits everybody's needs yeah you know there's more people yeah
1: it's also when you have so many shows and so many options it's like there's less cultural juggernauts so yeah i don't feel as bad for like missing out even on some of the star wars stuff which i think gets some of the most talked about it's still not as big as it probably would have been 10 15 years ago and so no no you know not everyone i know is talking about stuff so i can be like all right i don't have to watch that
0: (laughs) yeah and you know My, you know, me more so than my wife was, you know, excited, you know, interested in the star Wars stuff, but like, we are so far behind on so much of it. It's just like, why bother at this point? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, we didn't watch Obi-Wan. We, you know, we barely made it through Boba Fett. And I know that ones you kind of like universally, like, yeah, it's kind of a stinker, (laughs) but, um, you know, except when it becomes the Mandalorian for the last few episodes. Yeah. But You know, and even then it was just like, but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, like Ahsoka and things like that. And I know I heard Andor is excellent. Obviously everyone raised about that show, but it just, is like, I I just can't care anymore and it's fine. You know, it's the same thing with the Marvel stuff. Like I would never sit, I never would have sat here and, and believed that I would be, I would hear about a Marvel thing and be like, ah, whatever. I'm not going to watch that. Ever, but now it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to watch Secret Invasion. Like I don't care. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that to to go back to Star Trek, what's interesting about why I think that's worked better on the whole is it's like Star Wars and and even the Marvel movies. It's like these are things that were events. Like every couple mm-hmm. of years, you maybe get a Star Wars movie, or every well, it used to be like maybe twice a year there was a Marvel movie. But Star Trek is at least. There wasn't, like, it has a history of being a weekly TV series, being a show where, I mean, I would say even now, like, they don't ever have two series running concurrently, so it arguably was more jam-packed with Star Trek in the 90s when, like, Voyager and Deep Space Nine and Mm -hmm. TNG, I think, were at different points running at the same time, so it's, I I think that's what's helped it weather the storm a bit more so far, and also they're putting out really good shows that feel like they have strong visions behind them
0: yeah each one of those shows feels like it, it, it's not just another star trek show new worlds does not feel like lower decks it does not feel like next generation it does not feel like discovery you know it's they're they're definitely they you know like you said they, they got strong visions behind them. They're, their own identity so if you feel like a certain kind of show you can go to that show yeah as opposed to like oh just you know whatever the hell they're doing over on, you know, Marvel, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's too much. You know, we keep circling yeah. back to that. It's just too much. It's too, too much. much. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> it's too much, but you know, it's not too much. Your comics. I you like that. <laughs> like, how you like that? I'll take, that it. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, it's not too much A rip roaring crossover between two awesome heroines, uh, called the relentless adventure. Um, now on Kickstarter for the next, uh, you know, couple of days. Um, so you have your character, and Marco had his character. how did How did that come about? Like you, t- you two saying, like, you know what, let's let's just do a crossover.
1: You know, it's it's as simple as Mark and I have been friends for I don't even know how many years now. I guess five, six, seven. I, I could not say the exact number, but like we just met through twitter and i always like to tell this because because mark's about five years younger so when we first met he was still i think about 20 so he still had that sort of like young comic reader energy and i was always it was interesting because a lot of his tweets early on and i've said this to his face so i don't feel bad saying it out here. Um, is i was like is this is he just young and very strongly opinionated or is he gonna be is he a jerk Unfortunately, I think over time it's like, oh no, he calmed down. It's that it's that kind of energy when you first start like throwing your opinions online. And I'm like, I you know I was on the internet even sooner, and I'm glad that that the one the one mm-hmm. upside to uh, the internet as I knew it being gone is that most of what I posted no longer exists. Um, <laughs> so no, hopefully no one can find it. Uh, but I, uh, Mark and I just we we talked. We had a lot of stuff in common. We were interested in. You know superheroes, but then comics in general as a medium. And I I think Mark will even tell you he's like he didn't mean to make so many superhero books; they just kept doing well enough. Um, (laughs) But like early on, we would trade uh, pitch documents. He actually he 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 looked at one of the earliest versions of uh, what would become Cooking with Monsters, which is uh, my other book that's out right now. And you know he helped give some advice on that. And just uh, when when Randy Stone, who is the uh, head of altruist comics which publishes bullet adventures first approached me uh, about helping revamp the character uh, for the bullet one shot uh, that only I, he actually approached mark first <laughs> and mark oh. was was uh, unable to do it at the time because I think he was already working on on his characters so it was, it was very much like oh it, it worked out that, that we ended up getting to this point where I think he always... Uh, I don't think regretted it because he's done. He's done excellently on his own. I think it is, uh, very. It, it's indie superhero stuff is always a gamble because there's so yeah. much. There's so much. you can if you want superheroes, big two has you covered. Even stuff like Invincible or um, Black Hammer. Like there are so many options. So to do it, you really have to have a bravery and a love. And I think he just puts out amazing stuff. Uh. I, I, it's, it's easy to say it. Yes, he is my friend, but I think it is more awkward in when your friend makes something you don't like because then you have to, you, you <laughs> want to be honest, but you don't want to be mean. And I've never had to feel that way with Mark's work. Um, but again, we, we just kind of have a back and forth when, when Bullet transitioned to the present for the, the ongoing series and it sort of shifted to Laney. We realized we both had young teen hero characters and we talked a lot about, the differences in our approaches and how we, we felt about it and just, you know, we kind of just pitched it back and forth for years. I think he's doing something where he wants to kind of touch on every aspect of superhero comics history. And I think a crossover is obviously just a big part of that. Um, And for me, it, it, I just really wanted to co-write something with a friend and we've had such a good back and forth generally that we were like, let's give it a try. And Uh, Randy was on board to to let us take the chance. and it was just the smoothest writing process. Like we we, we split up duties. There, there are aspects that Mark is is, I would say better at in terms of like making them the, the fact that this is a, a crossover across universes gets it right out of the way so we don't have to worry about it uh, too much. <laughs> and then uh, we, we just had fun writing each other's characters, giving notes. So it was just kind of a natural extension extension of, of honestly one of the better fr- best friendships I've made in comics just because we we are so simpatico.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about you know talking to independent creators and being one myself is like you can just like look to you, look to these people you admire their work, you admire them as a person and you're like let's make some cool shit together. And yeah. you can just do that. You know, you can just do that these days. You know, that's, that's where my book comes from. That's where, uh, you know, a lot of uh, short stories I worked on have come from. And that's where a lot of books I've enjoyed come from, from, from my buds and and their buds and all of that. So that, that's awesome to hear you guys were, uh, you know, uh, this is born out of, you know, this, this, uh, superior team up is born out of friendship, which is really awesome.
1: You know, and, and we hope also, obviously, by bringing together, we hope we can introduce our books to each other's audiences, um, while still making something really accessible. And obviously, I think every every book on Kickstarter has to say, yeah, this this is a way in, but we provide it. We mm-hmm. made it so that there's very easy catch up options, and we wrote the one shot in in such a way that it certainly, you know, it or it helps if you know the characters prior and you've read their past adventures, but again we we wrote a really quick opening that introduces the conflict. It is a conflict um it's it's all about mother daughter relationships It's something that for both characters is is something that hasn't been explored really in either of their main books but we want it to inform the stories going forward um, and yeah it's just it's we just tried to make something fun because I think crossovers are tricky because you know especially in in superheroes where does it matter is it just mm-hmm. a throwaway mm-hmm. a, an excuse for characters to like who would win in a fight we wanted to avoid yeah. that uh, we, we just wanted to make something that hopefully enriches each of our characters but is also a lot of fun and that's why we leaned into a big humorous like pun heavy book with a lot of big action um, I don't know we're, we're really proud of, of the script we we want to it's it's on its way to funding so we And maybe by by the time this comes out, it it has hit that goal. That would be great. Um, But yeah, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a passion book really. Like we, we could certainly be making a book that is more geared towards the sort of books Kickstarter rewards more easily. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is the book we wanted to make. and, And I think it's that, that want, as opposed to any kind of like, let's, let's, let's game out the market that that makes it a fun book that, that is just, if you, if you give it a shot, hopefully you'll enjoy it.
0: Well, you know, I've, you know, seen the preview pages. I've, I've seen the, uh, the campaign I've, you know, I want to go to cornucopia. (laughs) (laughs) I am a very big fan of corn. So, you know, I want to go to there. Um, (laughs) And I, I, I like the, I like the, uh, the approach you guys are taking with just, you know, make it a big, fun thing. But you're also, you know, addressing what these characters are going through, you know, and, and, and all that. And I think that's, that's the best part of crossovers when they're done right is, yeah, you can, you know, if you just simply address what the characters are currently going through or, you know, kind of like nudge it just a little bit and then just have the... crossover be you know the big fun thing wrapped around all that it works so much better than like oh this big crossover is going to change the status quo for this person during it just feels so like less rewarding that way I think because it just feels like it's an excuse to change something as opposed to just you know being being able to have more of a connection to the characters as they're doing something so
1: yeah it's (laughs) I mean the thing the thing we, we the, the thing we've always thought is is this should be hopefully a, a fun entry point. Um I'm always again I, I I said Randy, who is the head behind Altruist Comics. Like I, I'm always impressed, both by Mark and Randy's ambition to be making these kind of books, uh, to be taking the risk of of trying to find an audience for them. And uh I, I just feel lucky to have it in my portfolio. I love working on it, and I I hope that anyone who gives it a shot, you know, Bullet Adventures is now this will be the seventh overall or no sixth overall story um, released between the one shot and the first four issues of Bullet Adventures, and there's more coming there too. Where like Randy Randy's very ambitious, and I'm always just like I'm along for the ride because I'm having a good time and. I, I hope we get to keep making it. And, and so far, Kickstarter has kept us afloat. I think, I know for Randy, it would be nicer if we were a bigger hit, but isn't that every book? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'd like to think the book merits more of an audience, but I get it's a hard sell. Like, it's indie superheroes, like, do I, do I really need another super speed character to read when The Flash is out there, when Quicksilver is out there? Um,
0: well, as as someone who doesn't really care for Super Speed, the current Super Speed characters, I am definitely more interested in finding one that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, looking at the tiers, which I literally just backed the campaign right now. Um, oh, thank you. Y- you have, you know, a great tier for a very, a very well-priced tier for 20 bucks to just catch up on everything on these characters, a the digital catch up. Uh, yeah. uh, and that's like... A no-brainer, like that's, and that's that's one of the things I I really do love about Kickstarter is when someone, I come across something like this where, like okay you know yeah I've been aware of your work I've I'm I'm pretty sure I've I've been aware of Mark's work, but like I just never, you know, crossed the paths of opportunity to like, get it you know, and then it's like okay here's this campaign and now I can get it all for a very, you know, a very, a very easy way of doing it too, you know, just one click, you're going to send, y'all going to send me a bunch of PDFs, boom, done. You know? And I think that's just, you know, while the nostalgia in me is like, I, you know, I miss the old school days of like going back into the back issue bins and digging through to try to find those issues you missed. Um, you know, I'm also like someone who doesn't have time to do that. (laughs) So, yeah, it's being, being able to just like, hey, send me all the PDFs. Here's the money. Boom. I got all the story. I'm good. Like, so that's, that's a, a, a certain no brainer. And like you said, you, you've crafted the story to be, you know, someone can just jump in and read the story, uh, which is, you know, awesome. But then again, you know, it's like, if someone's like, well, I just, I don't know, man, I really, you know, because I know some people like that, but like, I need to, I need to know everything. I need to like, it's like, well, there you go <laughs> for, for an extremely fair price. You can have it all. <laughs> there you go.
1: Yeah. So, and I think that's the thing that's helped both of us keep rolling. Because between, between campaigns I've run alone and between the ones Randy's run and between all of that Mark's done. Like, it, it's the best value-add, po- again, yes, this is the salesman version, but, but legitimately, like, there is, I want to say conservatively, about 250 pages of story between all the available issues, so... There's a lot there, and and I yeah. I can at least say to Mark's side because I didn't work on it at all. All the Lark stuff is very very good, and would I would say be worth twenty dollars digital on its own. You also get a lot a bunch of stuff I wrote that I'm pretty proud of, but I'm not going to be <laughs> so hubris ridden as to say it's great too.
0: Well, uh, and and there you go. Like twenty bucks for that much content is like you know. What? I'm sorry, I hate using that word. It's just snuck into my vocabulary. 20 bucks for that much story, 200 plate, like you don't get that with digital trades for, you know, bigger publisher books, you know, you know, trades are like at best, you know, a hundred to 120 pages these days. And they're still wanting you to pay like 25 bucks digitally for these things. So, you know, the fact that you're offering up cool young superheroes, you know, 200, you know, a, a huge amount of story, not a lot of money. Like it, it, it's, it's a no brainer to me. And like I said, right now you guys are pretty close to the goal. I, you know, fingers crossed by the time this post, you guys have hit it. But if not, I'm confident you will, uh, before the time is up. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, I'll make sure there's links to all the show notes in the show notes below to the Relentless Adventure. Go check it out. Um, but you have a lot more going on than just, this. You have another awesome book called Cooking with Monsters um, that, you know, was released recently. And, mm-hmm. you know, why don't you uh, let us know what, what's, what's with Monsters? Besides okay. the cool title.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've given the pitch. I feel better about the pitch, but it's always it's always tricky. So let's see if I can do it well for, for another time. Um, but Cooking with Monsters is a YA fantasy adventure. It is Um, An original graphic novel of 252 pages. It is about uh, Hana Ozawa, who is a young teenage girl, starting her first year of training at the Gourmand Academy of Culinary Combat, which trains the best (laughs) warrior chefs in the country of Gourmand. Uh, she's, She's going there to both fight monsters and then make meals out of the spoils that she collects from those battles. And in starting her first year with her best friend, Bobby, she quickly faces old rivals from her home village, new rivals in the form of the, the top student in the class. She has a mentor that she doesn't quite understand how he's trying to teach her. And there are just countless monsters, both ones you've probably heard of, like the Basilisk or the Cockatrice, and then weird new ones that are very food-based, like the Moose, moose Shroom and the dualigator. Um And the... General premise is, the the way they like to sell it is, it is like, um, as much as, you know, as ruined as Harry Potter is, it is it is a school anime. I, I like to more compare it to something like Naruto or My Hero Academia because it's very shonen inspired. Uh, Vivian and I are big fans of that. Vivian Trong is my co-creator, the artist on the book, who brings so much life. the background there's so many background jokes that i've still caught new things (laughs) reading my physical copy so, so she breathes even more life into it than i ever could on my own and it's it's just it's a love letter to all the like teen um drama but fun big classes big fantasy setting um if you like food if you like creative monsters and if you like teen drama and romance, uh, there's a little bit of all of that in the first book of Cooking with Monsters.
0: Awesome, yeah. The the, the art looks great. It's it kind of combines the best uh, aspects of like uh, a manga influence with that you know more animated YA style that you see in, in uh, a lot of uh, younger graphic novels these days. So. Uh, yeah, it's a great combo. It looks awesome. Uh, I'm always down for many, many background jokes. Like I've, you know, I, I, it's, it's difficult for me not to like make every panel in every book I draw have some sort of dumb background joke (laughs) or reference or something like that. I, I I have to like reel myself in, um, with that kind of stuff. So I, I definitely appreciate those. (laughs) So I'll definitely be, uh, keeping an eye out for that but um yeah, so was was this a story that you know you mentioned that uh you know it mark kind of read the first uh pitch for that a while ago, so was this something you've been cook- you've been cooking for a while <laughs> or uh,
1: it it is I call it my career book because I, okay. I, I, I had the first idea, I started comics like seriously, where I was like, I'm gonna make a go of this in November of twenty fourteen And I had the Mm -hmm. first idea for what would become Cooking with Monsters in May or June of 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started out, I would just write entire miniseries because I just had the energy. And I was like, I needed to, you know, hone your, you know, you got 10,000 bad pages in you or whatever the the phrase, the saying is. So I just wrote so many like full drafts and there is a... The Star Wars bu- from Dark Horse level like first draft that is wildly different <laughs> but has some elements that would be similar um, but I developed it on my own for for about two years of just sort of writing it and thinking on it and not 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 having the money or the the like experience to do anything with it um, yeah but then 2017 I emailed Vivian just sort of I'd seen her work on Twitter and I loved it and thought she'd be a great fit for something. Um, And I pitched her a few ideas. Cooking is the one that she latched onto. And I mean, that's when the book came to life. It it changed so much with her influence and just discussing it and coming up with new ideas together. And being able to write to a specific artist's um, style and interests, which I think is super important in collaboration, is to know... Like, the, the artist is your first audience is the way I try to look at it of like, if, Mm -hmm. if they're having a good time, it will show up on the page. Um, And I I think it is very evident Vivian was having a good time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it so, so we just pitched it and we went through so many drafts with so many potential publishers and places we tried to pitch it. And then it was December, 2020. So like over three years after we started later that uh, we did a pit mad an editor at IDW saw it and they were, they were starting to develop the originals line at that point. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where the book started. We, we got that first book optioned. Um, they ended up offering it as a, they, they offered us a trilogy deal. Um, nice. And now here it is almost, or not, not almost fully uh, like eight years later, um, it, it has finally come <laughs> out. So this is, it's the book that's been with me basically the entirety of my, career.
0: Awesome. That's got it. That's going to be a pretty amazing feeling to like have this idea so early on. And then like, finally just see it come out. Not only just come out, but like you got a trilogy deal with a, you know, a major publisher and it's just, you know, so many, so many things have to align for yeah. something like that, like that to happen. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it's just, you know, you, have you've been, Putting in the work, you've been grinding on it, and it's yeah, it's always awesome just you know to hear that someone's someone's dream, you know, someone's like you said, career book is happening, you know, yeah. and that that's that's really awesome. I hope you know, I hope the, the book's doing gangbusters. I hope it's it uh, you know once the once the trilogy uh, <laughs> gets going, maybe like we, we need another, we need another. Um, I, I did have to laugh pretty hard uh, to myself when you mentioned like the dark horse Star Wars <laughs> uh, <laughs> analogy. I don't know how many people are going to get that, but I definitely got that. I have that first issue. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's a weird book if you've if you've yeah. never seen. It's basically it's like the first draft George Lucas wrote of Star Wars, and yeah. it is wildly different. Like you can you can see it. Like a lot of the elements are definitely yeah. there, but it's like oh, this needed some rewrites. But it's. Yeah it's more a fun artifact that it is a good book. And that is not, yeah. that is not to besmirch anyone who worked on that specific adaptation. It's just, it's a rough draft of a script. Like I wouldn't want my yeah. rough draft to get produced.
0: Yeah. And it was just so funny because it came out because that's when Disney bought Lucasfilm. And so that's the only like dark horse, like they could have, they could, they had the rights to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing they could, they couldn't make star Wars books anymore. But they could make that. So they, they shot for the fences with that. I, I, you know, I think it was uh Mike Mayhew art, which, you know, um, from what I recall is not a cheap get. So, you know, I'm sure they just, they did their best to make that a thing. Uh, God bless them, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy. But no, it's, so uh, yeah. Or go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, cooking Monster has been out for a little bit, um, a few weeks. Uh, and you got Relentless Adventure going on. So I, you know, I always feel bad asking this question to people who have, you know, are in the middle of a thing, a thing that just happened, but I also know how comics work and how, you know, our creative brains work. So, uh, what else is going on? Uh, you, get, you, you got something else in the pipeline or is it full on cooking with monsters too and, and all that?
1: I, I'm very lucky right now to have uh, a lot in the pipeline. Uh, hopefully stuff that will, Get picked up. I have a lot of pitches. Um, one that is uh, unfortunately, I was caught up. Like I had another book at IDW. If if you followed mm-hmm. IDW this year, it's been a rough year for the publisher. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A lot of people were let go. I think four months ago now, four or five months, and uh, mm-hmm. last month a bunch of the original books got canceled. What, my book with Skylar Patridge was one of those. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. But fortunately, we are we're back on the pitch. Um, we we when we posted about it, we got a lot of positive response and response from publishers. So uh, fingers crossed, we we will be at a new home eventually. Uh, hopefully, sooner rather than later, because uh, you know it was a book that was mid production. We we were really proud of the work we've done on that. Um, I have another book that is coming next year. Uh, it's unannounced right now. Uh, but that'll be another mini series. And, and then, yeah, just always pitching. Uh, I've got, I, I, didn't pitch for the longest time. Cause for a while I had three big pitches, um, mm-hmm. that I was focusing all my energy on and I was doing shorts and like one shots and working on bullet adventures. Um, but I was just like, I needed to put, cause, cause you don't want to flood the market. Like you, you want to have yeah. a few things, but you can't have like f- six pitches on submission. Um, yeah you you want to stagger it you want it to be uh, different genres can kind of like go out at the same time or if you know you're go- they're going to different publishers or markets like an OGN versus a miniseries um, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't making new pitches but over the last year, um, I have a pitch with Lauren Knight that is out there and is all is like a horror um, like a horror Hollywood story um, and then a few others that are still pretty early in development another thing that I'm co-writing. Uh, actually, I think she got mentioned at the top of the show, but Shadia Amin and I have been working on a pitch for uh, a few years. We, we've both just been very busy. Uh, mm-hmm. Which isn't that the way in comics. Um, and then I've also... I, my first IP work comes out next month. Uh, it's a it's a weird one. I, I wrote all of the lore. Not the recipes, but I wrote all the lore entries for the Apex Legends cookbook. Mm-hmm. Um... And that is coming out in October. And that was a very uh, interesting experience. Cause I would have never, I, you know, I knew licensed cookbooks existed, yeah. but, but it's like, I didn't think about, Oh yeah, that's a job that I could write for. But um, I was fortunate yeah, enough. That's...
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, 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 my little chuckle was like, like, Oh my God. Like there's, there's so, <laughs> there's not so many of these, but it's always like just amusing to me when it's these licensed cookbooks for things. And it's like, Obviously, these things sell because they keep making them. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things like you know you you never expect like you know you never expect what's a thing you can do.
1: You know the, the, and, the thing that's really interesting about it too is it's like they still like that it is I, I I have now again I haven't done like IP comics work I'm hoping that I'll get my first chance at that sooner rather than later but it feels like the like from having talked to friends it's the same amount of like no we want this. The lore needs to line up and we want it to be, uh, and and granted, this is one publisher, one game studio. Others might not care. Right. They might be like, it's a cookbook, whatever. Um, but it was a lot of back and forth. It was talking to, you know, the, the lore, I forget the exact title. lore Wrangler probably isn't the official title, but uh, the person (laughs) in charge of that and getting notes on very specific things where it's like, Oh, well this, this clashes with, you know, something we've established or something that we're planning to establish. Um, and so while it's not something I would have thought of, it ended up being just a very interesting and fun experience that I'm, I'm hopeful I'll get to to do again in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big things are um, Cooking with Monsters uh, book two is tentatively going to come out next year. I'm always just sort of like trying to keep up with where things are at. But we are... Uh, pretty far, again. IDW has been pretty good about making sure production stays pretty far out, so that we, if we've ever needed a break or to push stuff back, it has always been, um, it hasn't been an issue. And mm-hmm. then uh, I've got an unannounced book that's coming out next year, and at least f- we're cu- currently planning four more. The next arc of uh, Bullet Adventures. So I would say over the next year or so four more issues of that, as well as I think our first trade volume will also come out as well.
0: Nice. Awesome. Well, you uh, have been having been hustling, you have been doing the big work and it seems to be paying off. So congrats to you. Uh, I look forward to digging more into uh, all the stuff you're doing. Uh, I'm really excited to check out being with monsters. That's I always like finding comics where, you know, I think I'm gonna dig it, and I can just leave it out so my kids can like, you know, casually pick it up if they wanted to or whatever. And uh, cooking with monsters definitely seems something up their alley.
1: <laughs> I hope so. I, I, it is obviously it's YA focused, but you know, yeah, I, I think I wrote a book I'd want to read, and I, I, I think also YA is just big with all audiences right now. So I, I think anyone who likes yeah. YA will will find a book they like. Yeah, I,
0: I think I think the YA tag can can you know, put people off and it's like, no, it just means like, it's just not going to have, it, it's not like it's not going to be good. It's just not going to be excessively graphic on things. Like you can yeah. still have big, you know, great story work. You can have big, great emotional moments. You can have big, great fun battles and action scenes and things like that. Like, you know, technically like, you know, Lord of the Rings, the, the, the movie trilogy considered YA, you know, like granted, you know, some of the stuff, you know, Beheading some, you know, urukai or whatever it might not be fly with some YA <laughs> publishers, but but the gist of it's there. it's like, you know, if you think of it more in those terms, it's like, yeah, people just hear the young adult thing, and it's like they think, oh, it's for kids. It's like, well, it's literally young adult.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a more flexible. Yeah, yeah, it's more flexible as a uh, not genre, but but age group than I, I think people give it credit for because I think a lot of the like. Maybe not later on, but I mean, a lot of again to speak to our our um, inspiration. Most manga that we would reference to is is YA. Like if you were to classify it in an American audience term, um, yeah. like I was reading Shonen Jump and reading Dragon Ball Z, one like all of that when it started coming out, and I was I think in sixth or seventh grade when that started publishing in America, and it's like no, it is for all audiences. So awesome, awesome.
0: Well, Jordan, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for uh, chatting up these awesome books. I'll make sure there's links in the show notes for everyone to go check them out. Definitely go check out Cooking with Monsters. Definitely go check out The Relentless Adventure on Kickstarter. Like I said several times, and I will keep saying uh, as much as I can, You know, they are in the last couple of days. Go check it out. I'm sure if you're a fan of any type of just fun superhero stuff that – this book will most likely appeal to you. Uh, again, it looks great. Story sounds really fun. I can't wait to check it out. So that's what I got. Um, Jordan, thanks for coming out. Uh, now is the time to let everyone know where they can find you on the social medias.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can find more of my work. Um, primarily, I guess, Jordan, uh J O R D A N A L S A Q A. That is my portfolio site. It has every project I've done since I started doing comics. Um, beyond that, I'm on Instagram at Jordan Alseca. I'm on Blue Sky, Jordan Alseca. I'm on Twitter for now. Who kn- Like who knows? It might be a pay site by the time this episode comes out, and I won't really be on Twitter anymore. But for <laughs> the moment, I'm still on Twitter at um, IndigoMaster, Indigo E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R, because none of my handles can be simple. Um, and yeah, those are the places you
0: can find Alright, join once again Thank you
1: so much Thank you